Welcome to the CSE Podcast. I'm Zudi Buari, Producing Artistic Associate at Classic Stage Company. In this episode, we have a special live recording of a post-show Classic Perspectives event, which followed a preview performance of our current production of Marcus Gardley's Black Odyssey with director Stevie Walker-Webb. This Classic Perspectives, called A Veteran's Homecoming, I had a chance to speak with two extraordinary veterans, Nikki Woods and Christopher Wolf, where we discussed art, military depictions, and what home means to them. All coming up on the CSC Podcast. Welcome to Classic Stage Company! Hello! Uh, my name is Zudi Bawari. I'm a producing artistic associate here at Classic Stage Company. I have two incredible guests here with me today to talk about a veteran's homecoming. So I'm going to start with my friend here who is Nikki Woods, a military veteran who is now obtaining her master's in clinical license as a creative arts therapist. And then I have Christopher Wolf, who is a West Point graduate and military veteran who has been awarded the Bronze Star Medal. Yes. All right, so let's just dive in. I'm curious what resonated with you in this play. Were there any particular moments or characters or themes that stood out to you as you watched? Okay. Would you like me to start? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Nikki. Um, what didn't resonate, one, but and also which characters I didn't like, they were all truly amazing um, from down to every single detail, even the drama up there, you know, everybody was just amazing. I do have a favorite, if I can, <laughs> sure. have a favorite, um, was Auntie. Yes. <laughs> Auntie was giving so much life, love, and light, um, but again, everyone did amazing. What resonated with me as well, um, I, when I did get out of the military, I actually moved to Harlem. Harlem was my first um, you know, stumping grounds. I'm not from there. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Yo. So Yes, all day, all day, 305. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty City, honey. All right, over Okay, all day, you know, exactly, okay, good. Um, so yeah, a lot of the Harlem, just a lot of Harlem tales and a lot of the places that they were referencing just, I knew exactly where they were talking about. I grew up, not grew up, but I lived next to the polo ground. So just all of that commentary, all of that authenticness about Harlem is just that, that richness and that just essence of Harlem got me. Wow, yeah. cool. What about you, Christopher? Uh, I would say that the scenes uh, between uh, Nelope and Malachi, Nelope and Malka. Yeah, and, and it's strange that, that, you know, just given my experience, so, you know, I deployed to Iraq in 2003, so, and it was around March, around this time frame in 2003, so that was 20 years ago. Um, but what I found myself reflecting on as I watched this play was just my experience growing up. Mm -hmm. So my father served for 22 years in the military. Whoa. And I recall him being gone. Mm -hmm. And I recall just the, the conversations that, um, I had with my mother tough conversations where she was trying to steer me in a direction um, that I just didn't necessarily want to go in and um, just constantly feeling her guiding hand um, helping me get through just some tough periods mm -hmm. in life so th those moments really stood out to me and, and resonated with me throughout the did she also say no, no, go in the military? <laughs> she <laughs> did not say. It's funny. She she was the one who, you know, 
essentially said, hey, you need to make the most of this opportunity to go to the academy and, yeah. and kind of right. steered me to okay. the military, right. which was wow. surprising. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly yeah. Nelope's. Right. Uh, <laughs> <Nelope's> <laughs> like, uh-uh. <laughs> okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear about your role in the military and, and how it's led you to where you are today. Nikki, do you want to start us off there? That is such a great question and a loaded one because honestly, without my military experience, um, I wouldn't be standing here before you today. I wouldn't be the person I'm becoming because we all are evolving and constantly growing, hopefully. Um, So it has made me who I am and what I do based off of that and my role in the military, I'll just, you know, talk about it briefly, but in a nutshell, my job was to hold the fort down when it came to anything property related. I was a logistics manager. <laughs> but a lot of people don't understand, yes, we may have this one job title, what we ca- call an MOS, and um, Chris can possibly vouch, we have so many other jobs underneath that, it's ridiculous. It's not just that one job, you're doing so many other things, and I, I think that just get le- left out of things. So. Yeah, just being in charge at such a young age. I joined at 17 years old, a baby, a little boy, you know. I mean, a little girl, sorry. I was thinking about, I was thinking about the characters, but um, a little girl and, you know, just had to take charge. Like we say, when in charge, be in charge. And I found myself just having that responsibility, you know, being a sergeant at 22 years old, having to care for soldiers that was sometimes suicidal or soldiers that, you know, come from a broken home like myself, you know, and just not even thinking about yourself. It's like selfless selfless service. I was that was not important anymore. Their lives became more important than mine. Because at the end of the day, you have to put others' lives first. Therefore the whole team on the front can survive. So just that aspect, I live by that every day. I live with that mentality. I live with that integrity and I follow it throughout anything I do in life. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Christopher? So I was a uh, field artillery officer in, in the military. Uh, that's what I was commissioned as um, when I deployed to Iraq. Uh, similar to what you just said, I was a field artil- artillery officer, but when I deployed to Iraq, pretty much everyone there functioned in uh, a role that was uh, infantry, right? It, it was the beginning of the war. and. and we uh, we essentially had to do things that we weren't used to doing, um, and I would say that that experience, specifically being deployed, you know, is du- directly related to what I do now. So I'm a writer by profession. I, I do. I would say I'm a cr- creative. I write. I do artistic consulting. I teach creative writing, um, and I started writing when I was in Iraq. That was the first time I wrote creatively in wow. my life. Um, um, so you, uh, you and I spoke a little bit about this on the phone. You know, right. I uh, just as a way to deal with that environment. Um, when I got back to the states, uh, I kind of put it to the side as I went out and pursued other professional endeavors. Um, but those endeavors, you know, they were in environments that were. Uh, challenging in a different way and and when I uh, came upon those challenges I found myself going back to the writing again and uh, when I went back this time I was like oh this is it this is what I want to do and 
essentially I, I made the decision to pursue that full time. So, you know, my, my military experience and in, in specifically what I uh, saw and in, 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 uh, you know, went through in Iraq is directly related to what I do now. Um, hmm. You know, it, it, it was, I, I would, I tell folks it, it was, um, something that came to me, writing came to me out of pain, um, but you know, I'm at a place where I've moved past that pain and, and I'm able to you know, explore joy, um, mm. family, um, and uh, you know, just a, a legacy of, of um, just given the time of the year. Black History, mm-hmm. Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, so you know that that's that's sort of my story. Yeah, and you you said something also when we spoke that really resonated with me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you also started to write with other people. Yeah. So when I was deployed, um, there were some guys that that I deployed with. They were actually uh, uh, some of my classmates from West Point who they brought guitars over to Iraq. And when uh, we had downtime, what they would do was play their guitars. Mm. One day they came to me and they said, hey, why don't you come hang out with us? I'm like, well, I don't play a guitar. You know, I didn't even bring one. And, and um, there was a Iraqi citizen who said, look, I'll go to Baghdad and get you a guitar and give me the money. And I gave him the money. And I wasn't sure if I was ever going to see this, <laughs> see this guy again. But he actually came back with the guitar. And we started, you know, playing music. And, with that music, I began to write lyrics, which was oh, essentially right. poems. And, and um, it was, again, just a way to process mm-hmm. what we were experiencing there. And when we came back stateside, we continued to write and, and make music. And we actually, you know, I was stationed in Colorado, so we um, started gigging, playing gigs in Colorado and, and raising money wow. for. for um, um, nonprofits like Wounded Warrior Project. Mm-hmm. Right. Wounded Warrior Project, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, it just, it unfolded from there. You know, one of the most interesting things to me about this play and just this story in general, I, I've been thinking a lot about soldiers and how they've been depicted in art for just so many years. I mean, the Odyssey, Homer's The Odyssey, um, Shakespeare plays, books, TV shows, movies, talk about soldiers. And so I'm really curious what you feel like creatives might be getting right about these depictions, maybe what they're not getting right mm. about some of these depictions. <laughs> what are some of your thoughts as far as that goes? Huh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> we chuckle, we, when, I, when I say we, I'm referring to veterans, we chuckle on a lot of things when we watch movies. Some veterans don't even like to watch movies about us because it's like, oh, okay, here we go again. Um, <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> some things, and I'll, you know, I'll specify what I mean by that. Um, one is get the freaking uniform right. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, if you're going to if you're going to tell a story about us, do your research. Do right. a little. All it takes is an empty bit amount of effort and homework to just do your um, research and get your uniform right. That's that's a one little thing that matters because if you want it to be authentic, I mean, a uniform do- doesn't have to be perfectly how we wear things and things of that nature, but don't confuse the branches. A lot of people don't understand that the military have many branches. Space Force just got added to one of those branches. So 
no, you're not going to see a space force in a you know in an army uniform, and and you know that just irks me sometimes um, when it comes to that. Another thing I want to talk about when it comes to Hollywood is just this obsession I feel like with war. Something stood out to me in the play that U Ulysses said. He said, "Everyone loves a hero," and I think that's so true. Everyone loves this fantasy war uh, war hero, and it's like. That's not all we are, you know? Yes, we've been to war. I've been to Afghanistan, and a lot of people think that, oh, we're always fighting or we're always at war, but we have a duty station. We have a life, and the life is good, so, you know, most of the times. It's like a love and hate relationship, just like New York with me, um, <laughs> you know? Like, seriously, there's so many good stories that can be told that I can literally pop out of my head now just where are those like happy moments of the soldier? You know, where are those mm. just nine to five? Um, you know, we don't work nine to five most of the time, but we do have a quote unquote nine to five life. We get up, you know, at the crack of dawn to work out, but that's good if that's in some sort of shape, right? So you get paid to work out. But no, just those good stories, you know, those memories that we have of a bond that is so strong. It's like more spiritual, you know, even the bond sometimes with family that I have with blood family, the bond that I have with my military peers is just words can't even describe. What, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the funny times, eating MREs, meal ready to eat, eating those, you know, in, in the rain and like sleeping next to each other back to back. Those bonds would never be broken. Um, I want to see some more of that. I want to see women you know, like myself, um, you know, depicted in Hollywood. I have a friend here, thankfully, with me tonight, over here, sorry to put you on the spot, Rosani, but she, um, she's a veteran, and we haven't seen each other since I was deployed in Afghanistan. I went over there all by my lonesome self, and she was back in garrison, what we call home theater, and um, she helped me throughout that whole process, two different time zones, Zulu time, you know, we were in another location, she was in a lo another location. We haven't seen each other in what, 13, so 10 years maybe. And she just, you know, got out of the military a month ago maybe and we connected. When we connected, it was like we, we have seen each other every single day since, you know, the last time we seen each other. So why are we not talking about those stories? Why are we not talking, you know, that's depicted in Hollywood? Why does it have to be this obsession with guns and blood and tears? And don't get me wrong, yes, that, that comes with it, but that's not all who we are. So just, well, yeah. Thank you. I don't think I have anything to add. I think you that. No, you captured it perfectly. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, what comes to my mind is what you said, there are so many stories and, and folks who have served who, you know, you know, it's across the spectrum in terms of socioeconomic class mm -hmm. and, and jobs and, and I think that um, oftentimes you'll see folks who have served be depicted in a certain way, mm -hmm. right? Like in, in you know, suffering from trauma, um, low income, um, low, low income or poverty, to struggling. Mm -hmm. But there are veterans who who have come back, and they are contributing to, you know, 
our society in you know just amazing ways, mm -hmm. amazing ways. And not to say that they are they do not have their you know challenges. Right. I, I, I have my challenges I, for sure. Amen. <laughs> um, but you know there there's just so much to that story, and, and the question is, can we take the time to fully unpack it so that um, you know they're, they're Full, full, full humanity is on display and, and celebrated, and, and um, you know I think that the thing about it is that it, it, it does take time. It's not always, you know, as sensational and, and what's going to catch someone's eye immediately. But I think you know taking the time to unpack that will will resonate with folks. I think it will resonate with folks. Chris, you have such a, a fascinating and. I think awesome job and that you're a military consultant and you recently worked, I don't know if it's recently anymore, but on a soldier's play at Roundabout Theater. Um, can you talk about what it enticed you about doing that sort of work and what you've been learning from doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, so, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to work with Roundabout and, and the, the company on the Broadway production of it, and, and they also just launched the national tour of a soldier's play mm -hmm. um, this year, and, and um, you know, the experience in and of itself was, it was amazing. Um, I think that uh, what compelled me to show up in that space was, it was the team there. So, you know, Catherine McCumber over there was part of that team, and um, you know, when I first met with, with those folks and, and Kenny Leon, the director, the whole cast, there, there was just this uh, a culture of, of respect and a desire to build authentic bonds uh, where folks could just show up as themselves and be vulnerable and give what they had and contribute. Um, that, that was something that resonated with me and, and made me recall my days with the military where you know, there's a job to be done, a task that, that needs to be um, to be done, and, and we're all showing up and contributing what we have to 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 uh, to accomplish it. So, you know, that that willingness to uh, not even willingness that that desire to have everyone's fingerprints on it, and, and um, you know, just give their best selves to that process. You know, as soon as I kind of heard. Um, folks uh, speak on that and also act on that the mm -hmm. deeds and words I was like sign me up let's, let's do this and, and you know it was uh, just a life changing experience you know that's great getting to work with folks that I grew up you know seeing on television so mm -hmm. it was nice one of the last questions I have is that so much of this play is about home and finding home and so I'm curious what does home mean to you and I'm also curious, did home mean something before you enlisted and after? You asked us some loaded questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but great questions. No, all great questions. <laughs> home, 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 home. What is home? I strongly believe that that's something that I'm still honestly searching for mm -hmm. and looking for. Um, I don't know if uh, Zudi mentioned, but 
Um, I'm an art therapist in training. Um, last year, graduated in May. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Thank you. And um, my main goal is to uh, offer my services to active duty soldiers who are transitioning out of the military. So, what I what I'm trying to get at with that is a transition for a soldier coming home. It's not this destination. It's not this you know point there on this board, this mood board that you can just say. Home, I found it is there. It's not that easy for myself. I can only speak for myself and others that I've that I've come in contact with. Um, so home for me is just more so of a a journey. You know, it's it's a feeling. It's not a place. It's not a thing. It's really a feeling, and I'm still trying to feel that feeling. Um, I, I I recall in the um, play someone said something about. You know, why can't I be free to roam? You know, why do, why do I have to go home? I resonated that with, with that. I think I'm always roaming. I think that comes from the military mm -hmm. as well because mm -hmm. every three years, we're up and packing our bags and we're going to another duty station. So I get bored easy, you know, at, at places. And I wanna explore the world. I wanna live everywhere. Why can't home just be this very explorative place to where I don't have to pinpoint and say this is home for me. The world is my home. So, mm. yeah. The world is my home. Okay, she's a poet. <laughs> That's just came from the soul. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of what you just said I think really resonates with me, especially just being in the military and just always being ready to go. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm married, I have three kids, and, and when I first met my wife, she was kind of like, what is wrong with you? Because for me, as, as long as I have my wallet and, you know, some clothes to wear, <laughs> you know, it, let's, let's move, let's go. And, and I was just, you know, just not really one to, you know, want to settle down in a location. But I think uh, as I've gotten older, um, you know, for me, I, I guess when I think about home, I think about um, when am I feeling like I can show up as just me, you know what I mean? And, and I, I guess like home for me is, is anytime I'm, I'm just engaged in like open and authentic relationship mm -hmm. where we, we're both making space for each other to show up as our authentic selves, that to me feels like home. And, and that's often with my family, um, close friends, folks I've served with, um, and in new relationships as well, you know, I, I told you that some of, some of my work, um, I, I, for a while, for about the past three years, I taught uh, creative writing out at Rikers Island Jail. Mm -hmm. And oh, wow. some of those relationships, being inside, it, you know, there was just, we were making space for each other mm -hmm. and, and um, giving each other, like, extending grace to each other and, and really seeing each other and, and so home can be in some some really, you know, tough places. Um, but I think that's kind of how I define home and, and how I think about home. And I, I also probably say, you know, the page when I'm sitting down to write that feels like home. Mm. You know, I can show up. That's me. That's you know when I'm when I'm coming to the page. You know, I get all the voices out of all, out of the room, and it's just me and, and what it is that I have to express. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm afraid that's all the time we have. I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you for being here. Nikki Woods, 
Christopher Wolf. I appreciate you all for being here. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Nikki Woods and Christopher Wolf for a wonderful classic perspectives. Black Odyssey opens February 26th. You can purchase tickets at classicstage.org. Once again, I'm Zudi Bawari. Thanks again for listening.